We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Okay, welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 523, and we are continuing our coaching conversations with Eric. And uh, make sure you go back and check out the rest of these. We've got episode 501, 506, 510, 514, and 519. That's that's quite a lot that we've done so far, Eric. Um, so the first thing I want to talk to you about is how you helped a student uh compose a better email to you. Can we share that on the podcast or not? Yes, absolutely. Okay. This was awesome. <laughs> so um, it was a couple of weeks ago and I, I got, I get, you, you saw kind of the draft. So correct me if I'm wrong. I, I got what I would call a pretty nasty email from a student. Yeah. Um, and I really honestly didn't know what they were talking about, but they were, you know, typing in all caps and what are you going to do to fix this? And didn't have a greeting or a salutation. Um, and I also hadn't talked to them about this issue in school. So I was kind of baffled and a little bit just disappointed. So when that's happened before, um, I think about, I had a college professor, this must've been like the year email was invented. But she told me, she said, if you ever email a professor, you better start with dear professor or doctor and, you know, be nice, be kind and respectful and finish with the salutation. Otherwise, I won't read your emails and I won't help you. So um, I try and be a nicer version of that for students that I've worked with that send short emails or just kind of sloppy emails. And I used your better email at jethrojones.com tool that you had shared that will rewrite 
emails or compose emails based on, you know, bulleted lists. So I took the email from the student, I sent it to better email and it came back like exactly how you would want an email from a student. It was professional, well-written greeting salutation and just put a nicer positive tone, you know, instead of, I can't figure this out. It said, I could use help finding a solution to this problem. So yeah. I, sh I shared that with her, um, both the, the rewritten email that your program wrote and also the address. And I said, Hey, honestly, if you want to like get out frustration when you're emailing teachers or principals or friends, send it to this first and it'll kind of be your your nice translator and rewrite yeah. it for you. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I, I don't know. I had just started playing with your, your new email program. And I thought, what a great use really. If you're, you're mad, you could type a mad email, but send it to that, have it rewritten and then probably yeah. go a little, go a little smoother if you. Yeah. So uh, if it's okay, can I share the response? Um, how, how it was written exactly by yeah. the AI. Yep. So as you mentioned, the, the initial email was very disrespectful, very, obviously the student was, was upset and it, it created a new email that said, dear Eric McKelkey, I'm having difficulty connecting to the internet with my Chromebook. And I understand that you are not providing hotspots anymore. I am writing to ask what may be able to, what you may be able to do to help me complete my homework without having to purchase a hotspot. I would appreciate your prompt response. Like that is solution oriented. <laughs> it is focused. It is respectful. And I just love how that worked out. Um, I do like review these as they, as they come in to make sure that they're like sounding good and that they're not getting, you know, being awful. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that one came in and I was like, this is gold. I mean, it's yep. beautiful because you're right. So many times I've heard principals and teachers say that they write a draft email and then they just throw it in the trash. And that's not really helpful. She obviously has a problem and communicating about problems is not bad, but if you do it in the right way, it's, it's actually a respectful, uh, positive thing that can actually help the situation. So what was her response when you shared this with her? Did she, was she like, okay, whatever, Mr. McKelkey, or was she like <laughs> cool about it? Like, what was the reaction? Honestly, she was kind of shocked and in awe uh -huh. because I, I tried to explain she wasn't familiar with chat GPT or some of the AI stuff that's been in the news. So I'm like, this is just a way to, you know, rewrite emails using some technology. And when it came back and she saw it, she just, she didn't know what to say. Like it was, yeah. it was so well written and still, you know, made the points she was trying to make. I, I think it took her some time to process like, wow, that would have, that would have been way nicer to send a principal than what I yeah. typed out. That's good. So. Well, I'm curious to hear how that goes with her in the future. And I think that it's, um, it, it was just such a beautiful example. Um, so if you want to write, do see what this tool is, go to the show notes or go to writebetter.com. That's B-E-T-T-R. There's no second E.com, writebetter.com. And, uh, but the link is in the show notes called write better emails. Um, and this is really like just me practicing on something and trying something new. And I didn't know how it was going to go or what it would look like. And I've shared it with a few people here and there. Um, 
and I've gotten some good stuff back. The important thing is that people are writing like whole emails and really you just need to give it bullet points and it'll do the rest for you. And if the bullet points are clear, then it'll do a really good job. If the bullet points are not very clear, then it'll just guess and will guess poorly. So, you know, don't write the whole email, but don't just say, you know, two things and then move on. So have you noticed and, I have you noticed I've been using it for my weekly mm-hmm. staff metabol? Yeah. How is that going for you? Well, it saves me a ton of time. I just put bullet points of what I want to include throughout the week in that Thursday memo. And then, you know, there's been a few things where I didn't have clear enough bullet points where I've gone in and fixed it, but that that has been as well written, if not better, than I would compose myself. And yeah. has saved me a lot of time. Yeah. Isn't that wild? I mean, I don't think that AI can do all of our work for us, but I do think that it can. What I keep telling people is it helps you start with a first draft. And if you think about it that way, then it's actually incredibly helpful. And yeah. so, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Um, all right. Well, today uh, you had mentioned that you want to talk about how to prioritize problems. So give me some context around that. And what are you thinking? Yeah. When we got off the last coaching session, just thinking about like one of the struggles that I'm having right now is keeping a focus. So if you come in on a Monday, the first day of school at the start of a school year and said, all right, these are the top three priorities that we want to focus on, improve, hang our hat on, whatever. I find myself shifting and i know that'll happen sometimes as you learn more you know you're gonna have to change your your plan but i find myself spending a lot of time bouncing between different things and not enough time on the key most important really what should be my priorities at school yeah yeah that's good were you in the mastermind when we read the book the one thing no Okay. So that is uh, the, we're coming back to that book. We read it several years ago. It was probably before you got in and, um, and it's really powerful. It's called the one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan and Gary Keller of Keller Williams fame. Um, And they consistently ask the question, what is the one thing that you could do such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary. And what you're the question that you're asking is uh in the in the schema of this book is how do you decide what that one thing is that you really should be focusing on and then how do you make sure that you do it every day um so in your experience what are the things that are pulling you in different directions from what you think you should be focusing on in your school well the biggest thing like if i was to have one thing is getting in classrooms, watching teachers teach, watching students learn, being proactive, being visible, you know, having positive interactions with staff and students. There's a lot of things that pull you away from that. Some of them, you know, are requirements when when certain things happen, like certain meetings or student situations, parent situations, staff situations you have to you have to kind of reshift your priorities and they're important but 
that also continues with, you know, like trying to have a focus on one of our, one of our priorities is improving the schedule for next year. How do we create the master schedule? What goes into that? And it's a ton of, a ton of work that we have to keep chipping away at, but we've, I find that we get like distracted or disrupted by, Oh, well, don't forget, we got to do this for state testing coming up or this for graduation coming up. And all those things are important and need to happen. But I just find myself constantly shifting things up and down like, well, all right, today, this is going to be the priority. And by the end of the day, it's like, is it even in the top 10 list? And maybe some of that is just me needing, I need to be okay with that and not let that frustrate me, but. Yeah. So how, how long did it take you at your previous school to, to feel confident in doing your one thing every single day? Or did you ever get there? Yeah, I did. I did. I would, I would say I had an advantage because I had been in the system in the school and the district and really in that building for mm-hmm. over a decade. So as a, as like the building principal, it was a matter of maybe a month, like by that first month of school, you kind of figure out how to prioritize things and, and be realistic with what you expect. And I think that's why a new building and a new district has been such a struggle is you have your priorities but then you find out things you didn't know and it's like, Oh, I wonder if that should be a priority because there's some things that we need to focus on and probably some that we can let go or say, Hey, we're not going to get to it. You know, it's not going to be a priority. It's going to be a down the road type of thing. But yeah. yeah, I'd say about a month having been real familiar with the school. Yeah. So each year within a month, you've, you're, you've got your routine set and you're ready to go. Right. Yep. Um, so what do you think about the idea that maybe your priority is not the right thing for the season that you're in right now? I think that's probably true and why I get frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm very open to that possibility. In fact, I'd say it's more than a possibility. Yeah. With that being said, uh, what do you think? should be the priority then um for you if not getting into classrooms well thinking about like this time of year getting prepared and organized and communicate state testing like that's a lot of work planning wise and with students and with staff and with parents but at the same time this is the season that we have to lay the groundwork for next year's scheduling which is a separate you know thing and then you also have graduation that's going to require a lot of planning attention to detail communication um so and then i'd say the fourth one is like staffing for next year so if you have any vacancies or expect any you know posting vacancies recruiting interviewing reviewing applications scheduling interviews those are kind of the four big ones right now yeah so those are all like ta- uh, excuse me those are all tasks that need to be accomplished right mm-hmm. and so your the way that 
that I'm hearing that is this is my to-do list, right? And are your priorities different than your to-do list or are they the same thing? Well, like with the schedule, there's a lot of things that we could improve for kids and for staff if we put in the time to do the schedule a certain way. So the priority would be like, hey, next year we are going to have kids scheduled in the right classes and classes balanced and teacher schedules balanced. That's kind of the priority. That would that would go a long ways to improving things at our school and solving a lot of problems. And then the task is, okay, what do we have to do before next year when we create the schedule? Does that make sense? Or am uh, I just sticking to a task? Uh, I mean, it, it sounds like you're hitting at something that is a bigger thing than a task. Um, like you have a vision for what kind of a school you want to have next year and scheduling plays a role in that for sure. Mm -hmm. So, so I think my, my question there is what are you, what are the things that are more important than a task that should be your priority? Like, I think, let me back up a second. I think getting into classrooms should definitely be a priority, but you're not getting into classrooms for the sake of getting into classrooms, right? There's a deeper purpose there. So what is the deeper purpose to you being in classrooms every day? To see teachers teach and get to know teachers and see students learn and have, you know, positive interactions outside of the office with students. Mm hmm so if I can summarize what you just said, your goal of getting into classrooms every day is to create and measure what the culture of your school is by building relationships, by giving people positive experiences, right? Yeah. So it's not about getting into classrooms and physically being there. It's about getting into classrooms and seeing how people are interacting, seeing how the things you're trying to do are working that kind of thing. Is that fair? Or did I put words in your mouth? Nope, that's fair. So with these other things, you mentioned state testing, next year scheduling, graduation, staffing for next year. Those are all things to do. What is the deeper purpose behind those things that you're trying to accomplish? I guess it would come down to trying to improve our school or make sure that, you know, students and staff have good experiences. Okay. Graduation is kind of like the culminating, you know, student experience. Yeah. Um, so what is the one thing that you could do to make, to make all of those things easier? I'm not sure. You, you got any ideas? Yeah. I mean, of course I do. I've got tons of ideas. Tell me, I got my pen. I'll take notes. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not sure. Cause I feel like I'm kind of bouncing between them. So if there's something common there i just haven't put that together yeah well i i think that you i think that you have an idea within you and you just don't know how to articulate it yet uh and i'm saying this because i know you and we've talked mm -hmm. we've spent a lot of time together and i know what's in your heart and what you're trying to do for your school and your your overwhelm with this new position and feeling like there's all these different things that are pulling you in different directions. 
I think is because you haven't been able to clearly articulate what it is that you're really trying to do. And um, so let's take state testing for just as the first one you mentioned, the first one that's on your mind right now. So what is your bigger purpose behind state testing? What is it that you're trying to see from that? Um, just seeing that our students give their best effort and that the, the data that comes from that, whether you agree or not, is used to measure and compare our school. And I, I want it to reflect the efforts of teachers and students. Yeah. Okay. And so what is one thing that you could do to help it reflect that, that, that it would actually be meaningful, useful data? Probably articulate that more and communicate that more with mm -hmm. staff, with students, with parents. Yeah. So that, that could be one thing. Um, another thing that you could do to make it more accurately reflect what's going on is be prepared for it, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that you mentioned, that you want to get prepared for it. And so by being organized and having things in place for when that time comes, then you are, it's going to more accurately reflect what's going on. And the reality is, is that decisions are made based on that. And so it's good to have that information be as accurate as possible. Also, if you know your kids are doing great things, you want that to be reflected and to show up so that their good work is being recognized. And so being organized around it is definitely important. Is that one of your main priorities as a school principal? No. Why not? Even though it, it is important, I, I don't put a ton of stock in it. To me, it's not really a, like a make or a break thing. I think if you were gonna look at like what what makes or breaks a great school, that wouldn't be top three. You yeah. know, we want students to learn at high levels, but it, it doesn't really come down to one test on one day. Exactly. So so while it's important and while you want it to reflect well on you, you also don't think that it's the be all and end all. Right. right. And so getting at the thing that will influence the be all and end all that's really where we want to put our real priority so you had this pretty dialed in at your last school don't you think yeah it just came from our three goals that we stuck to every year so that staff mm -hmm. knew and students knew and parents knew yeah and so why is that not translating here yet um, some of it is me just trying to learn as I go and finding a balance between, you know, continuing the good things that have happened in our school, but also not being afraid to change some things that need to change. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, when I first took this job, I, I enjoyed, you know, you and I have talked about, and we did that podcast episode a while ago a while ago about having like school-wide goals. But I, what I liked about this district is they have district goals. And mm -hmm. then those are broken down at the building level. Some of which, you know, being high school, junior, senior high school really um, come from our building, like graduation rates and activities. And so I, I liked how the goals were already set. Like we didn't have to come up with 
what's important, what are we going to measure, what are we going to prioritize, that, that was already done for us. We're trying to make that meaningful and find ways like, okay, you know, our graduation rate came out in the newspaper last week. It was 85%. Well, that wasn't meeting our, our goal as a district. So what can we do to improve that? And we have a lot of goals. There's attendance, behavior, student behavior, a professional development goal for staff, graduation rate, activities, participation, there's at least five off the top of my head. Um, oh, an accountability rating. So that would be like test scores and all those different indicators. So there's six. And for those of you listening and not watching, um, because this is just audio, uh, Eric literally looked over to the left of his computer and saw what the goals were, which I think is a very important thing that you have your goals there in front of you that you could glance at them and see what they are. That's that's really important. So I'm hearing something in what you're saying that I'm not I'm not sure that you have uh totally reconciled, but that you hinted at. You don't know everything that goes on in the district because you're new to the district, right? Yep. Yep. And so your your focus, which has been successful in the past, is not translating here partially because you don't know everything about the district like you knew everything about the district in your previous district. Sure. And so what if your one thing was to learn something about the district every single day? What what do you think would change if your goal was to learn something about how the district works, what's important to the district, and that was your one thing every day. Well, it would help me feel more confident knowing what I know and what I don't know. Kind of easing that that learning gap, I guess, going from like brand new, you don't know anything, to feeling a little more comfortable with how things work. I haven't thought of that being a goal. I'd say most days, whether I wanted to or not, I've learned at least one thing. Like this morning, you know, the, our school nurse was in here and she's like, all right, let's review the um, the school nurse uh, kind of absence or send kid home policy. I'm like, yeah, I've seen it. I know we have one. I've, I don't remember what's on it. So things like that happen just because I, I think I ask questions like, okay, where does that come from? Why do we do it that way? Um, but I haven't thought about it as being kind of the one thing. So how, how does that change now that you hear it? How does that change what you're thinking about the rest of the things that you need to get done? Well, it'd probably help me relax a little bit and not worry, <laughs> yeah. not, not stress so much about, you know, what I don't know about those different things, if I was just more focused on like, okay, every day I'm going to learn something new about that. And slowly over time, that's going to add up. And, you know, you're not, you're not worried about finding problems or hearing about problems or seeing things that you feel like you should have known, but you, d you didn't because you'd never thought to ask or look or whatever. Mm-hmm. So would that also help you in your, what I think is really your, your real one thing, which is uh, 
improving and maintaining a positive culture in your school? I think so. I think so. I think it would, I don't know. That's not as like urgent as I sometimes make my goals and priorities. You know, it would kind of force me to like slow down in my mind what that's going to look like and how I'm going to do it, which is not normal for me, but it probably would be good. (laughs) (laughs) Probably would be good for me. Not normal, but not necessarily a bad thing either. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So the, the reason why I'm taking you down this path is because you are driven, you're ambitious, you want your school to be the best in the state. And I know that you work hard at doing that. And especially going into a new new district and a new school, there are so many things for you to learn that it can and and you want the same things that you had in your previous school to be happening today, right? And part of you is frustrated that those things aren't happening. Did I understand correctly or did I put words in Yeah, no, absolutely. So if the thing that made you able to make those changes and get to a comfortable point in your previous district were your knowledge of the system and how things worked. And because you knew how things worked, you knew how to get the things done that you wanted to do. You don't have that context here and you don't have that experience here. And so you need to create that so that you can then figure out how to get things done so that when you want the state testing to be organized, you know who the person is that you go to to make that happen. You know who the um, the person at the district is that you have to go to to make sure you have all the resources you need for that. And you know which teachers to talk to to get those things done. And you, all of that existed in your previous district, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm intentionally shortening this. Like I could have asked you all those questions and had you bring those out, but these are all things that I already know about you, which is why I'm able to like get to the point so quickly in this short conversation. And this matters because when you're in this situation, if you don't know what you don't know, or you can't see it, it makes it really difficult for you to embrace the things that you need to do right now. Mm-hmm. So from my outside perspective, I would say if you focused on learning something new every day, you would fulfill your priority, which is learning something new. And it would also make a lot of other things easier because the thing that you would learn would be the thing that would help you with those other things. So you could create a list of things you want to know, But you could also say, what do I need to learn to make organizing graduation better? What do I need to learn to make staffing more effective for next year? What do I need to learn to get prepared for next year's scheduling? Like all those things, you could start asking a different question. Instead of these just being tasks, you're coupling your one thing with the task that needs to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that? I I like how that feels just thinking about it because you're going to have to switch in between things based on, you know, like you said, the seasons that you're in, but under the same premise of like, okay, coming in and learning something new every day, I can apply that to no matter what the situation is, what the, you know, thing is, even things that are really urgent or 
things not so not so urgent um i like that because it it feels less like you're switching between priorities and and changing your focus and having all these squirrel moments mm -hmm. you know and and having having that one common focus of like okay this is one more thing i can learn which is what i'm about right now yeah and you you have to learn that anyway and if you make it a priority and something to focus on that you do every single day then um you'll be looking for those moments also and you'll be looking for opportunities to learn things which when you're focused on it then it becomes more manageable it becomes more fun it becomes more exciting when you do learn those things and so like for example with the sending kids home policy like that is so mundane that maybe you shouldn't even be involved in that at all <laughs> but you have to be as the principal right and so you knowing that now and understanding it and coming at it from a i'm here to learn something perspective rather than a you have to give me this information perspective you come with a much different attitude and you present differently yeah. um if you go back and replay that conversation with your nurse in your mind how different would that be if you were coming at it from the this is the thing i'm going to learn today i'm better at that in some situations than others because a lot of times i'll just tell people hey i'm sorry i know we've talked about this or i've looked at that but can we pull that up together can you walk me through that again remind me how that works because you know the start of the year like just meeting people as a new principal and all the things people tell you, it's like, if you retain 1% of what you heard and saw that day, it was good Yeah, <laughs> because it's just, it, it's too much. It's like drinking from a fire hose, you know, and you're not going to build all that um, instantly, but yeah, that's a better, a better way to approach situations like that. I try, you know, I can tell it's, it's pretty easy to tell with staff and, students and parents like if whatever i think this thing is and how important it is really doesn't matter you can tell if it's a priority to them you know if they're uh -huh. really upset or they're really excited and proud it's like hey whoever you are this is important to you and i i've i value that so i i try not to be you know hey i'm trying to have a focus on this and and here you are talking about that because if it's yeah. important to them i want to i want to know about it and hear about it and support them so yeah so uh, learning like that being your one thing is just one thing that it could be we could have gone down like 10 different paths right we could have looked mm -hmm. at all these different ways that you could have done things it could have been about making a new connection that that's your goal for your first year in a new school um it could have been about uh writing a heartfelt note to someone as a way to build relationships and culture, like any of those other things would have been satisfactory. So I don't want you to walk away thinking, okay, it has to be learning. But what I do want you to do is go through that, that thought process that we went through of what is the thing that will make everything else easier or unnecessary. If you learn the right things, it will make other things easier or unnecessary. If you build positive relationships and write a heartfelt note, it will make difficult conversations and asking people to do things easier or unnecessary. If you um, 
if you make a deeper connection with one additional person, uh, that will make things easier and necessary. There are a lot of different things that you could do in this season of your first year at a new school. Learning might be that thing or it might not. And it doesn't matter. But the idea is that you go down deeper and deeper to figure out what the thing is that's actually going to pay some real dividends and make things easier or unnecessary when it comes down to it. And the reason you were so successful at your previous school was that you knew what that one thing was um, after you had already been there a few years and you knew what you needed to do and you're able to do it. You're starting new. You're not quite ready for that yet. And it just takes time. Yeah. And I get, I get frustrated with myself when, I have to back up or I think I know mm-hmm. where we're starting and then I find out we're not. And that's something that more important than like my priorities and my plan and my vision is like starting as a staff, you know, in my previous school, we all knew what the priority was, why it was a priority. We had spent time learning about it, trying things out, you know, there was that kind of cohesion where if we were going to do something, we all knew what we were going to do and why. Mm-hmm. Whereas a lot of turnover um, and new administrators, I just feel like we're, we're way, way behind in that way, I guess. Yeah. That could be the case, or it could be that you just haven't learned how to get those things to happen yet. Or it could be that you just don't have the relationships to get that to happen yet. Or it could be that people just don't trust you enough. So you need to build that trust. So, you know, there are all these different things out there that you could be focusing on. And at this stage, new in a district, what's the one thing that you really should be focusing on? And that's, that's where I think you doing some thought work about that and trying to figure out what it is you need to be spending your time doing will be really powerful. Yeah, it comes back to what Emily wrote in our Christmas card. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Eric is learning more than he is leading, which is <laughs> yeah. true. And she she doesn't even work here and she knows that. So Yeah, that's good. Okay, well, this was a great conversation. As always, what was most valuable to you today? Framing how I prioritize things, starting as soon as I hang up and walk out of the office today. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate your time. And this is uh, this is so much fun. Yep. Thanks, Jethro. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. 
Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.